Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to the latest edition of Rated LGBT Radio, and I am Rob Watson. Uh, We have, as I've always promised, every show, something exciting, something groundbreaking, something new, cutting edge, and today is definitely not an exception to that. We have, waiting in the wings to talk with us, the director of a hot new short transgender-themed film called Juliet. Um, The director's name is Ira Storazenko. And um, the film is absolutely stunning and phenomenal. It is the darling of a lot of film festivals right now. Um, um, and it is, it is a film that, I, in my opinion, my reaction to it, it isn't a film you just watch. It is a film that you feel and you experience. Um, it is it is just stunning. I, I um, it was emotional for me. It was moving on on very deep levels. Um, it uh, the direction is impeccable. The cinematography is innovative and um, impactful and stunning. And I'm I'm running out of adjectives. But anyway, it's a very exciting short film. Um, we are going to talk to Ira very shortly on that, um, so and excited to do so. Um, this week, uh, yesterday, was the Transgender Day of Visibility, and so I think our show today is going to play off that theme quite a lot. Um, um, also, uh, before we bring Ira on, um, we have another guest waiting in the wings, Paul Richmond. Um, the notoriety, the artist of notoriety, um, uh, who has done a lot of transgender art um, and celebrating um, masculinity in non-traditional forms, and uh, he is going to tell us briefly about a project that they have coming up on Sunday. Not they, um, an organization um, that he is uh, part of that is near and dear to his heart. Also, the theme that runs through the film um, is part of Ira's experience and is part of Paul's experience and is part of his event this Sunday is the theme of bullying and healing through art. So um, that's what we've got going today. And before we get into it all, I do want to welcome my illustrious co-host, Brody Levesque. Brody, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, and greetings, Rob, and everyone listening to the sound of my voice, whether it be daytime, nighttime, whenever it is. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Thank you for listening to our broadcasts. We really appreciate it. Uh, As Rob said, yesterday was the Transgender uh, Visibility Day, which was celebrated around the globe. Um, I'd like to make a special note to some of the guests that have appeared here on Rated LGBT Radio uh, but one in particular I'm thinking of who was also a dear friend of mine, and sadly we lost her last fall, 
uh, Monica Roberts, who uh, was a force in the transgender activist community. She was also a ranking journalist, uh, and sadly, her voice was stilled. Uh, and I'd also like to acknowledge and give a tip of the hat to our dear show friend, our comic extraordinaire and good friend, Julia Scotty, uh, and uh, ending all of the uh, other trans folks uh, that have been, you know, a part of our collective uh, LGBTQ uh, plus um, experience, uh, not only here on the show, but our trans brothers and sisters, I, of course, across the globe. I have to tell you, buddy, I'm shaking my head here because you've, you've attempted something big because um, we have so many wonderful guests who have been on this show that are transgender that I would not call them out because I don't want to leave anybody out. Like Brentana <laughs> Hall, Brody Ray. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> but I, I do want people to, Monica is absolutely um, uh, a star in the heavens and folks, um, please in our catalog, please go back. Um, she's part of the title of the show that we had just with her, Monica Roberts, um, Listen to that show. Um, that is a gem of a show. Um, she was a force of nature, and her voice um, in that show, I'm very proud that we got to talk to her. So anyway, sorry, buddy. Sorry to interject there. No, absolutely. I'll let you go ahead and drag our dear friend Paul on because I know he's teaching class and only has a break to talk to us briefly. So I'll uh, let you do that, and I'm looking forward to uh, – talking with iris so rob back to you uh, okay here we go so um yeah with that um i want to welcome on to the show uh paul richmond paul is a renowned artist um his work is beautiful colorful dynamic um you know and and his notoriety is growing and growing and growing um he was featured by oh some art writer of some sort um, in the recent L.A. Blade, and uh, <laughs> Paul, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thank you. That was an, a wonderful article, by the way, from the L.A. Blade. I really, really, that meant a lot to me. You did such a great job with that. Thank you. Well, my pleasure. It's, it's, uh, you're, you're near and dear to my heart, so it was not hard oh. to uh, put that put that down. So, Paul, we, we have you on briefly today. Um because uh, you have an event coming up, and I, and I wanted to get the news out there before the event happens this Sunday. Tell us what's going on. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's actually a week from Sunday, so it's going to be Sunday um, the 11th of April, and it's a, it's a big milestone for us. Uh, Ten years ago, my art teacher, Linda, and I started the You Will Rise Project, which is an anti-bullying organization that's all about inspiring young people who have been affected by bullying to express themselves through the arts. And it's been such a powerful project. We've um, published, you know, artwork from young people all over the world on our website, but then we've also done so many workshops and public art pieces, and it's just been something that's very close to my heart, very important project, and we've seen a lot of lives changed because of it over the past 10 years. So um, we are having a live stream event on Sunday the 11th. It's from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time, 
And you can watch it on the You Will Rise Project Facebook channel or YouTube channel as well. It'll be broadcast live to both. And we're basically going to be looking back on some of the, the highlights of the past 10 years, but then we'll also be featuring students who participated in our most recent workshop that just concluded last week. We've been um, doing, we did our first virtual Art Against Bullying workshop. So we had young people from all over the country experienced extreme bullying come together virtually. And it worked really well. It was so powerful. And so you'll get to see the artwork that they've made. Um, and then we'll be talking a little about the future of the project, too, because we have some really exciting things in store uh, that are coming up. But um, it's, it was very meaningful and very important for us to do this and to especially have this workshop and meet with the young people because our co-founder, my childhood art teacher, Linda, passed away this past summer. And this project is such an important part of her legacy. So we'll definitely be honoring her during the event as well. Um, and just kind of sharing, you know, the way that she has really inspired all of us to carry this mission forward. But it's something you don't want to miss. I guarantee it will be powerful, eye-opening. The young people who uh, create artwork for this project um, are always, um, well, it's uncensored. So they can put anything in their work they want. And really it does open people's eyes to the realities of what what kids are going through these days. It's just, it's different. I mean, I was bullied horribly as a kid, but the the uh, extremes that are taking place now uh, because of the internet especially are, you know, worse than I ever could have imagined when I was a kid. So it's important that we right. all still continue to work for this. And um, Paul, first of all, tell us again how people connect with the um, the event. So sure. You can it. actually find out all the details at artagainstbullying.com, including the links to where you can view the live stream event. So that would be the easiest way to do it. If you want to find out more information, just go to artagainstbullying.com. And the event will be, again, um, Sunday the 11th of April from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Perfect. And I also, if you could give a quick um, synopsis of what you're doing with um, the masculinity drawing course that you have online. Oh, sure. Uh, my good friend Bryden, um, uh, Bryden Shuren, who is a transgender artist and activist, he actually managed the first art studio that I joined when I lived in Ohio. We've been friends for quite a while. And when COVID started, we wanted to just come up with some creative things to do to continue to stay connected to people and, and be creative. So we started doing these monthly figure drawing classes, and we decided to call it Redrawing Masculinity because, you know, as a trans man, Bryden has certainly had his share of experiences where he felt like he was going against the traditional, you know, expectations of what masculinity meant. And then in my own life as a gay cisgender man, I've often felt like I didn't fit into, you know, the mold <laughs> that was being presented as, you know, what a, a man is supposed to be, at least for me growing up in the conservative Midwestern town. So, you know, we both kind of grew up feeling like misfits in different ways, and we figured there were probably a lot of other people that felt that way too. So that's really a theme that goes through our workshops. We are we invite everybody who wants to to join us. We do them on the last Sunday of every month. You can find out all the details about that at uh, redrawmask.com. We're actually doing a second 
workshop this month because they've become really popular. We've got an awesome community of people. So our second workshop is in partnership with the Bear Chest Calendar Group, and all the money goes to an HIV AIDS charity for that one. So if you want to come and draw some some naked guys, <laughs> come check us out. But we, we invite a lot of uh, trans and non-binary people, folks who might not normally, you know, show up in these kinds of spaces. We wanted, we wanted to create a space specifically for that. And it's been really wonderful and, and, and it's helped to make this past year a lot more fun and creative for both of us. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really, I think it's really terrific and very uh, special and um, yeah. pertinent, pertinent to the Transgender Day of Visibility because you really are giving um, the some of the transgender experience um, an awareness, a visibility that is unlike anywhere else, um, and, yeah. and reimagining the masculine form um, in in all of its various iterations. So, very very yeah. cool, um, Paul. I Thank know you. we have to let you go because you have class, but I, there is one thing I do want to mention to you. Um, okay and you're not able to hear the rest of our show that we're about to do, but you need to go back and listen to it because the film we are talking about is one that you personally need to see. It is, okay. it is on film, very reminiscent of what I see in your, your art in terms of uh, a blend of the abstract with the, you know, the, the portrait ish um, mm-hmm. and depth of character. Um, it is, it is, it is kind of a film magnificent masterpiece um, that is comparable to your on the wall masterpieces. So it's just oh wow! I, I think there's some real cross step there. And um, okay, so anyway, well, I will definitely take it back and listen. <laughs> definitely, no, definitely. You and I'm, I'm absolutely serious. I'm not just saying that as a okay. segue into this into our conversation here, but it is, um, you know, the 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 blend of the art styles um, uh, is uh, is would be very cool. Um, oh, awesome! I can't wait. I'm always looking for a good movie recommendation, so I will I will take you up on that. Excellent. Okay, well, Paul, I'll let you go for right now, and um, uh, good luck with your class. And uh, well, thank you for for joining us today for this brief time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Have a great rest of the show. Thank you, guys. And with that, um, I want to welcome on our um, guest of honor today, um, Ira uh, Storozenko. Uh, Ira, welcome. Ira is a director. Um, she originally is from Moscow, Russia. And um, um, this film is absolutely sensational. Ira, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Uh, thank you so, so much for all these nice words. Uh, I'm I'm about to cry, you know, it's very emotional. Uh, thank you so much for having me today. Well, then then I got you back because after watching the film, I was in tears. So it was, um, and I have to tell you, it's 14 minutes long. And, you know, I've watched a lot of films uh, of, of all sorts of lengths and everything else. And you try to remember scenes and everything else. This film is so burned onto my experience uh, having watched it. It's like it, the poignant moments stand out so vividly. Um, and it's, it's just, uh, it's an experience. It's, it's truly, truly wonderful. 
Um, where is it playing right now? You, I know you are doing a lot of film festivals. Yeah, so we we are doing a lot of film festivals, and uh, it's uh, you know currently it will be playing in uh, Brazil International Independent Film Festival, and uh, it just got into San Diego Film Festival. Uh, and uh, we just got nominated also in London in Lonely Wolf Film Festival for the best short, uh, student short of the year. So fingers crossed, uh, you know, we, we, we will be able to get more and more film festivals because it's very important for me and for my dear producer, Catherine, to, you know, to really be able to talk to audience to the screen and inspire y'all be themselves and, you know, uh, just, do what you want to do and do what you desire to do and no matter what other people say about you. That was always the message we were trying to put in the movie and, you know, hopefully it's coming from the screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, very, very much so. It's a film about bravery. Um, It's a film about, um, I mean, it definitely has the theme of bullying in it. Um, It is... um, just it's so artistically put together. I mean, it. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I literally have run out of adjectives um, um, in, in describing the, the experience of it. Um, so, it uh, when you, what was what was the the seed of this film? What what um, created the. Um, the the impetus for it at the very beginning. So I, you know, um, the the I guess like the the theme of the story uh, has been in my head for like I probably think almost five years, and I was never able to uh, create something similar in Russia because unfortunately, uh, you know, back then and even right now. Um, there is not much of, you know, gender freedom and uh, pretty often when you really want to share some unique story on the screen, you have to face with billion people who will just tell you uh, it's forbidden, you cannot do that, like, uh, you know, all the stuff. I, I, I don't really want to go deep into that because it's less about our movie and just more about situation in Russia, which is unfortunate. And uh, even now, you know, in, it, it's hard to say, but in 2021, uh, if you are a teenager in Russia, and, and, and you just feel like, you know, you're different uh, or you think that you might be a transgender person or gay or lesbian, it's incredibly hard to come out to your parents, to your peers. And uh, most people just keep living in their fear. And, you know, they, it, it, it's just unfortunate. I just uh, wish it could be so much, you know, different. And I don't even know what can really change the situation in Russia, but uh, I, long story short, I, I've been thinking about the story uh, for a long time. I have experienced uh, bullying when I was a kid in, in the school theater, and uh, I, I, I tried probably like three or four times to bring the story on the screen. It never happened. And then I came to Los Angeles, and I got accepted in American Film Institute Conservatory, uh, you know, where the creative atmosphere is just so much different. It's really like heaven compared to, you know, where I was before. And uh, I met uh, my first actress, a transgender actress, Jasmine Modibar. And um, by the end of my first year, we just had a very interesting conversation about her experience coming out and her, you know, she has been in her school and college theater as well. And... Um, 
she said to me something about how difficult it is to navigate yourself when there is so, like, you are going through this transition process and you don't even know at that point what role you can play because everything is changing. Your voice is changing, your body Mm -hmm. is changing, and people just don't, you know, type or uh, like a certain person who can play the lead role. And it's upsetting and it's very hurting and it stays with you even when you are growing up, you know, and, and, and later on when you become an adult, just because when you're a teenager, you are very sensitive. And I think that was the moment when this idea of Julia just came into my mind. I, I remember that after I finished my conversation with Jasmine, I was uh, sitting alone in a fly campus and I was thinking, this is so unfair. This is just so unfair. Like, how can I make a difference? How can I talk to the world and, you know, open people's eyes? Uh, and uh, this idea about Romeo and Juliet came into my mind because, you know, uh, historically in theater, like in 16th century, uh, people would be changing roles. And, uh, well, theater originally came from only uh, uh, male performers. And it was never weird back then. And right now, if you're a transgender person who wants to play Juliet, you might find it complicated to even get, you know, your right to do that. And uh, then I got an amazing screenwriter, Valandria, on board. Uh, she's the mother of two kids, and she helped me to bring the story and, you know, to shape it and make it powerful and, 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 and very short. Yeah, it was, so, it's, it's so, so um, simple in, in, its, in its delivery, but it is, it, it has so much depth, um, and it your style of filmmaking with it is so internal. It's like it's you don't feel like you're walking through like in a lot of films where you're walking through as this you know window looking at characters moving with each other. There's so much of this film that you feel inside the character themselves. I mean, it's that intimate. It's it's really, you know, so so. That incredible. was the plan from um, the very beginning. Yes, I, I just want to mention that it would never be the same without Reese, our lead actress. Uh, well, her coming on board, like, really embraced the whole idea of this, you know, internal intimate process. She also brought along with her uh, her experience of growing up as a transgender teenager, and we have had so many incredible conversations with her where, you know, we would go through the script and I would be asking her, where do you feel, you know, do you feel it's like it is something similar to your life experience? And she would correct it or somewhere she would be like, yes, I thought like it just happened to me. I don't even know, like I don't even need to prepare for the role. I just feel it from inside. And I think, you know, she just, she brought like 90% into that movie with her unique vision and with her unique experience. And I'm just so glad we found her. It was a discovery. It was very, it was a little bit complicated for production because she is from Texas and we had to bring her to Los Angeles uh, and she had been staying with us for four days when we were making the movie. But it was an amazing oh, nice. experience working with her. Yeah. Brody? Ira, Dobre Dien, Epikino, Maledet, Maledet, Maledet. Atlishna. Wow. Atlishna. That was just Thank you. 
<laughs> okay, you're going to have to translate that for the rest of this, Brody. <laughs> I'm so impressed yeah. you, you know Russian, but yeah. Okay, well, um, I, I basically just told uh, Ira in very simplistic Russian uh, that I thought that the film, Kino, uh, was just super, and, and I congratulated her because it was brilliant. Uh, and then I greeted her in Russian as kind of an informal hello, good day. Uh, I could have said привет, but uh, I figured I'd just go with Dobrizian, right, Ira? Um, yes, yes. Your Russian is amazing, <laughs> by the way. You scared me for a second. I was like, what's happening? Is <laughs> Russian breaking into this life? <laughs> <laughs> my apology. My former spouse uh, is a Russian physician. She practices in Voronezh. Uh, in the Russian Federation, uh, we raised three children, the oldest two, uh, who are ethnic Russian, and I have been a long-time um, ally, and I've worked very closely with Rus LGBT asylum-seeking organizations, not only here in the United States, uh, but in the Russian Federation uh, and in Ukraine. So I am intimately aware of your culture and intimately aware of the significance of this particular film uh, to you. So, uh, you know, and of course what its meaning was, and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this back to Rob, but I just wanted to let you know, Ira, that, uh, you know, I, I thought you did a brilliant job and, and the storyline and the way you conveyed it, especially, you know, for a film short, um, I would, it's really one of these films that I would like to see in side by side in St. Pete. Let's just put it that way. Rob. Thank yeah. you so much. No, uh, I, and, and Ira, I wanted to ask you about a little bit some of the themes in the the, the choices in the film, um, uh, and not giving away too much of the plot because I want people to experience, you know, what happens firsthand in it. But there, um, um, one of the things that when I saw the film, and I this is going to probably be one of the most bizarre comparisons you've heard because I've heard other people's feedback to you on, on the film, but um, there is a part of it that reminded me of the experience of watching Brian De Palma's Carrie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you remember that film, that, that, that may be. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. one of our references just, for the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not totally smoking it on it, but it was just, uh, it was, you know, that the you captured that. I mean, this is not a horror film like that one was, but you captured the that peak of emotion in this in 14 minutes that it took him the whole film to do, in my opinion. Well. I think that uh, I never intended to make it horror-ish, but I was very particular in searching for this internal feeling of anxiety. And uh, right. it, was, it was a little bit complicated because, as you mentioned, and it's absolutely fair, and that was what we were going for, when you are working with internal feelings of your protagonist, your protagonist can be very much inactive. You know, it's completely different from classic Hollywood structure where your protagonist has to be active, make some choices, go somewhere, do something on a big level, like fight with other people. And in, uh, in, in, in this particular short, I knew that um, there is, no matter how she's strong and calm, how she looks from outside, 
I want to let the audience know how does it feel inside. And uh, at some point, you know, we had to lean a lot to the sound design and it's like, you know, close camera to her to make a connection with what she's experienced, what, what is she experiencing right now inside. To, to build this contrast between, you know, her looking like a quiet, shy girl who cannot respond to her peers even, uh, which I think, you know, it's pretty much the problem of the teenagers when they are bullied. You just, you, you so much wish you could respond. You so much wish you could just answer and, you know, show how frustrated you are, but you cannot. It's, uh, for some reasons, you just can't do that when you feel that so many people are against you. And uh, at this point, I felt that, uh, you know, this underground uh, deep noises, what we were trying to add to the movie, and her, like, sitting alone and being quiet and observing people, that would really help to at least, you know, to show part of my experience and Reese's experience and Jasmine's experience, what does it mean to be unheard? And what does it mean to, you know, be creatively shut down and not being able to talk? No, yeah. It's, I don't know yeah, how, how much that, I answered your question, though, but... That, no, that you, did, you totally did. Totally did. Yeah, it's... Um, the other, one of the other things that I observed in the film was that even though the, you know, the, the main thread of the film is, is um, her experience in terms of her transgender personage, there was some really, I got some clear messages about gender inequality, if you will, um, for the cisgender characters. I mean, it was the, the, um, the part of Romeo is already cast. And it's like the, 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 the kid who gets to play him has no competition and his, his, peers are this kind of um, uh, power controlling kind of class within the um, the ecosystem of the of the school and the girls on the other hand are all trying to compete to to get the attention of of him and of you know it's like they're they're sort of they're they have power but less so and the even the treatment that comes out from these groups towards the transgender individual, one is aggressive and 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 attacking, and the other one is passive aggressive and attacking. And I was just wondering if am I am I reading too much into that, or is was that the intention? Well, uh, I don't think you're reading too much. Uh, that was uh, so. It started from us, you know, and it, it was a very fair, like, constant note of my producer. And I'm so just glad that she has been participating in creative process of development as much, you know, that that, that much because uh, she was fairly saying she was like, Ira, I don't think we should have just, you know, uh, girls who are just bullies. Uh, because it, it might be as well very cliche. And uh, I was trying, um, and I hope, you know, I really hope uh, it happened to create their relationships inside. So they are all competing with each other on certain level. But then when, when the main character, Serena, when she comes there, she just has such an innocent and true, like her, you know, um, powerful energy that 
they cannot compete with that. That was like something we were talking along a lot with Vita and with um, True who played Rosa that uh, she's just so much different by how innocent she is because the whole point of Juliet, Juliet is very innocent and these girls from high school, they're not. They're, you know, they know everything already by that time when Serena, she's like a, you know, little flower who is about to bloom and shine and, um, this, like, all, uh, you know, passive-aggressive and aggressive bullying was built on the feeling uh, that they just couldn't stand how different and how innocent she is. I wouldn't say actually different, but how innocent she is. So, uh, right. to me, it was very clear every time that only, uh, actually, like, only innocent girl can really play Juliet from the heart, and that's why... Uh, I was trying to direct it in a way that Rosa feels competition, even though she says, like, there is nothing to, like, I cannot compete with her. She's a new girl. She's mute. She never speaks to anyone. But she feels this competition because she knows that she she's not an innocent flower anymore. And this role yeah. is just not for her. Uh, and uh, that's how uh, we were, you know, developing the characters, the female characters. And about Romeo, uh, that's one of probably the most interesting role for me because uh, the most interesting character because um, I never, like, there, there is, it's never clear in the movie whether he actually likes her and he can just not say it in front of his peers because he's afraid to lose his status in school and uh, become a joke or he's just bullying her. And I do believe that, you know, I know the answer, my own answer on the story, but I also feel like because it's so much a uh, subjective point of view of Serena, she never knows and she probably will never find out whether he really liked her and that little moment they had when they were alone was like a, you know, a moment of him showing his true feelings or he was just uh, playing along with other people and just trying to get her into this bullying process. Because it's yeah, not like it's that pretty much, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It's that moment in the film, and uh, I'm glad you brought it up because I was reluctant to because it's, it's a little bit of, you know, spoiler alert. But that moment in the film is um, so, was so profound to me. And so this is my interpretation of it in, in that um, he, you know, he sort of invades her space and they have this, um, Romeo and Juliet dialogue that is ironic because it um, it actually um, parallels the Romeo and Juliet story itself. I mean, their their own interaction is kind of meta of of what what is going on, you know, in in the Shakespearean play of the secret connection two people have that, you know, nobody around them will approve of and, you know, that, that kind of dynamic to it. Um, Mark Hills is the actor that plays your, Romeo in, in, um, in the film, and he was I, – I really thought he was stunning in his portrayal. He, it was – you know, he, he could have been very cliché, and he was incredibly nuanced. And, um, you know, he brought depth to each – part of that role, in my opinion. Yeah, Mark is amazing, and he is a recent grad from USC Drama School. And uh, honestly, uh, we have been auditioning people for this role, like, for a long time. And Mark was actually probably, like, 
she came in a pretty early stage, and when I, I saw him in the hallway waiting for his time to out, to go to audition room, and we just said hi to each other, and I immediately knew that he's going to play a Uh I, I tend to look through everyone who applies to the role, like, always. I always go, like, until, you know, the very last person, just to make sure that we give fair chance to every actor to show what they're capable for. But uh, I just knew that there was something in his personality. I just knew she's going to make it well. And, uh, you know, everything else he has done for the project, the way how he was rehearsing with Reese, uh, how they had a similar language on set. Um, yeah, that was just, you know, that, that was a miracle to me. I, you know, I, I was, uh, that moment, what you're talking about, and I know we're trying not to spoil it, uh, but uh, it was one take. So I, just, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I just felt that the energy was so right. We did a very, very quick camera rehearsal just to check all the positions. I did ask them in purpose not to rehearse, you know, not to say anything. Just we checked certain moments where cameras should be in you know, what moment, and then we just rolled, and um, it was it was a miracle. Yeah, I, I was just watching with their performance on set, and I thought. I really felt everything she would feel, and I really felt everything he would feel. That was that was really it, amazing. Yeah, no, it was a lived moment. I mean, it, it it almost doesn't surprise me it was one take because it was so deep, uh, deeply authentic. I mean, it was, you know, it, yeah. It, if if I had seen that, I, I and I were in your shoes, there's no way I would ever say, well, let's try that again. I mean, it's like it, absolutely. it just absolutely. lifts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally, totally see that. You know, um, I know in the past you've talked about how your own bullying experience fed into part of your passion on the film. Can can you talk to us a little bit about that, of of how you you personally have experienced bullying? Yes. I, I, I was attending a um, – uh, theatrical school for kids when I was uh, 10 until I was 11 probably and at 12. And at some point I, I was transferred to a group of uh, uh, teenagers who were much older than me that, you know, it, it now sounds like nothing, but there is a big difference when you're 12 and they're like 15, 16. Uh, and, you know, their their stage of development was a lot, you know, further than my own. And, uh, I pretty much had this moment, what's in the movie, when she comes behind the wings and uh, she's about to go in uh, to go on the stage, and all this like uh, horrible um, abuse and uh, harassment moment, what happened to her, that came pretty much from my own experience, and I was pushing uh, for this moment to be in the movie because I felt that this for me says everything how kids when are when they are teenagers. Uh, how can they, uh, how, sorry, I'm, I'm super nervous talking about it. I'm losing my language a little bit. No. How they can be mean. And uh, the most important part is how this, you know, how it's so sophisticated that behind the wings in this like dark corner can happen so many things which adults, teachers, you know, um, uh, school department would never be able to see. So my own experience was I was uh, standing behind the wings. Uh, the place was, like, much tighter than we actually had in the movie. And um, I, um, I was just waiting for my part to go on the stage, and I was not playing the lead role. I was playing some 
three number three, you know, some background person. And um, all of a sudden, one of the other actors who was performing one of the lead roles just, uh, you know, came closer to me. And there was something happened between us that I ended up, he ended up slapping me onto my face and pushing me back, like, into wings. And uh, in, like, a few seconds, I had to go on the stage with my mouth bleeding. And it was a musical theater, so we would have to dance and sing. And I just remember that feeling when, I don't know, maybe I can compare it. It's even worse compared to you going naked on the stage because you just feel totally exposed emotionally. And you cannot even think about going on the stage and being under this, you know, spotlight and perform and do something uh, because you're just so hurt deep inside. So that moment um, traveled with me for all these five years. And I am very glad, you know, that we were able to show it on the screen and with support of our talents to show how it's actually complicated, how you really want to run away. And at the very last moment, you know that if you run away right now, you will keep running away forever. So it doesn't matter how it hurts so much inside. You have to gain some power. You have to be stronger than that and go on the stage and start your conversation with the audience. Wow. Yeah, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm, I'm absolutely in awe that you were able to take that experience and and flesh it out filmically like you did. Um, that, that's outstanding. And I think it's also a really important point to make about the film that even though the main character experiences victimization in the film, uh, in my opinion, the film is a film about courage and bravery and not about being a victim. Um, and I think one of the feelings that, I took through the film is even though you're experiencing fear and anxiety, bravery isn't discarding those, it's walking through them. And that's the arc that it, for me, the film took. Um, is, is that, is that a, a fair statement? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I think that, you know, ironically in our life, you can be brave, only when you experience certain circumstances. Like, you know what I mean? So in a very extreme situation, you actually discover who are you. And that was, um, you know, one of the moments which this question has been coming up uh, very often, like along our development process of the story, when we would be thinking, yes, we want the story to be very encouraging, but at the same point, we also, at the same time, we also want the audience to know how much does it take. How much does it take to, you know, become who you want to be, uh, and especially when you're a teenager. And um, this sort of, like, helps the story to align in this, you know, uh, one-day event when we came down, because we have had so many versions of this, you know, play and what stage of the play it would be, like how to make, like, you know, how to make it as a short movie, how we can make it very powerful but very short because we cannot go into feature format. And at some point, we came up with an idea um, that the day of the audition might seem like nothing, but it's actually everything for a teenage girl. Because that's the day when you either go and you get the role or this is the day when you try and you fail. And um, 
that's, you know, uh, close to what you asked me about being brave. And at the same point, there are, like, um, moments when she's bullied. So she's gaining her, her bravery through this bullying, uh, you know, moment. That's, that's how it felt to me because other, like, I, I do think that at the beginning of the movie when we see her alone watching people and then coming into the green room, she doesn't know by the time how full she actually can be. Yeah, and that's what she yeah, discovers at the very end. Yeah, and that's that's that that is definitely what what you take away from it. Now, the very very end of the movie, um, you have a kind of a montage featuring um, what I'm assuming is um, transgender artists. Um, yeah. What what was what was what was who who were they and what was the the um, the objective of having them there at the end of the film? So um, during, again, during our development process, uh, it was very kind from LGBTQ uh, post center of Los Angeles to let us in. So we were able to participate in, uh, you know, they have little, uh, um, uh, little, um, how to say that, uh, group where people come and they sing and they uh, develop their creative parts. And we've met so many incredible transgender artists. And at some point, me and my producer, Ketchin, we, uh, you know, we sat down, we were talking, this is, this is just so upsetting that these people are very talented and, um, you know, we don't, like, the world doesn't know about them. And um, mm-hmm. I came from a documentary film school uh, where I've been studying for five years, and uh, I just uh, came up with this idea, uh, which Katrin supported. I was like, what if we just portray them and we leave them at the end of our movie so people can actually see their faces and they can see their eyes and they can, you know, get to know these artists. Uh, and uh, at some point this idea, you know, started growing and we decided that, we just want to try to do that, and uh, we just want to leave it as a postscriptum in our movie and show them being them, you know. That sequence, they just came uh, to our uh, additional photography day. Uh, we had a uh, camera on the stage, and we just asked them to sit down in the chair and basically relax and do whatever, whatever they would, however they would like to behave, whatever they would like to do, uh, and uh, looking in the camera. So that was... Uh, uh, that was the little experimental part in the movie, and uh, I'm so glad that uh, if I conservatory supported me, that they had no obstacles of me bringing this documentary part in the fiction movie. Um, yeah, it, I, I loved it. I loved seeing them, and it just, um, it, I just felt it was important um, to see, see transgender artists you know, sort of represented like that. Um, um, so so did it, we. And yes, I, it felt very important. Uh, it felt very important to, you know, make them to be the part of the movie. And I'm so glad that, you know, uh, my producer supported me on that. And if I didn't have any obstacles of us, like creating this additional, you know, documentary part. Yeah, it 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 was it was saying. I want to shift gears a little bit. How can people see the movie? So uh, we're going to release the movie online in uh, Vimeo once it will be um, out of some festival circuits. But right now, I believe there will be some screenings in a Brazil International Film Festival and in Lonely Wolf Film Festival. So uh, we're pretty much, you know, uh, once you're in the film festival circuits. 
that's what film festivals do. They just release your movie for a week where you can watch it either for free sometimes or you should purchase the ticket. Uh, and it's a limited uh, amount of time when you can see it. But uh, in a few months or maybe half a year, it will be available online for everyone else. That, that's excellent. And I, I have to ask, how do, how do films like this get uh, Academy Award consideration? Because I definitely would love to see this getting that kind of recognition. Uh, well, normally the process uh, goes from you being accepted into some Oscar-qualified film festivals, and that's how you get into um, competition to uh, be nominated for Academy Awards. Uh, and uh, we're, you know, it's, it's an early stage to say because we're right now somewhere in the middle of our film festival circus. I just from my side, fingers crossed, you know, we will get there. And if not, um, you know, awards are important, but that's the, not the most important part for me. The most important part for me is to encourage the audience and just really know that, you know, people can watch this movie and hopefully they will find some inspiration for them in this short piece. And um, I think uh, when we screened in a fight film festival, I know that some of the uh, followers of my actress, of Reese, they were able, uh, young, uh, young transgender people, they were able to see the movie, and then some of them started just leaving their reviews uh, and their thoughts about this movie, and I was so moved by that. They, like, the, the amount of love and, you know, similarity they could find in there and how, um, you know, how life-changing it was for some of them that was probably the big award for me already uh, because that was what we were going for. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that effect. And, and um, I mean, from, from obviously I don't know this because I'm not that person, but I, I would hope that a transgender person experiencing this film would feel understood, you know, and, and um, you know, have have that that connection to it in that way um Ira, while we, we have you for a few more minutes i mean you are obviously incredibly gifted you've only just begun um this year in film women have started i mean it is unconscionable that this has not happened before but where they're starting to get recognition as directors um at, at a more appropriate level, what what is your viewpoint as being a director in the film industry? Where do you want to go, and what how do you want the industry to evolve? Um, I mean, certainly, you know, I can say that I am already blessed being in Hollywood because the atmosphere is so different, you know, from the place where I came from, uh, in a way of people being able to listen. And, you know, being able to understand what you're trying to say in so many levels. And um, I could say, honestly, that I've been really fighting for my place being a director in Russia. 
and I did experience so many moments when I could just tell you people won't listen because I'm young and I'm blonde and I'm a girl and they just would not listen. <laughs> and it was uh, very dramatic back then, but now I can look back at this experience and actually thinking how, you know, it was funny. It was not funny. It was ironic. And here it's already way much better. And I do feel respected uh, by team members I'm working with. Um, and I just so much hope it will keep going, you know. And I, um, the one thing which always bothered me in Russia when, when, when people in the filmmaking industry would say, Oh, okay. That's because she's a female director. And I just mm. so much wish there will never be this, you know, dividing point because being a director, first of all, I don't think anyone can, teach, like, people, of course, can teach you craft. But the truth is that every director is different and every director uses their different approach. And uh, it's like that between male directors. It's like that between female directors. It's like that between all directors. So I don't see a point why do we have to divide this profession by gender. And it right. goes along very close to actors. And again, you know, coming back to Juliet movie, I just really wish there will be a time when people won't be judging and saying, you know, oh, so she's a transgender actor. Because it just sounds weird to me. Why we never say, oh, she's a cisgender actor. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. I wish that in filmmaking industry, that will be gone hopefully in a few years. It's the same like there is a rule you cannot ask actor about their age because it's inappropriate. You know, they come to perform the, the role and they look for the role. And at this point, you know, you don't care what's their actual age in their real life. So uh, I don't understand why we still have to deal with gender identity in so many levels. Um, and again, it's much better in the United States, and I'm glad that this country has the unique ability to develop that quick and fast and, you know, change the attitude towards some problems in society. And I just believe that it will keep, you know, growing and it will keep being developed. And, um, you know, um, at a certain point, I do think there will be a place when uh, you just respond to your career and you come on set and everyone looks at you as a professional person without any other thoughts about your personality, your gender identity, your age, and et cetera. Yeah, no, uh, amen. I, I hear you uh, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, I see so many, well, it's not even just actors, um, people in my life who are transgender, I don't, you know, I have to, I have to sort of mental note that they're transgender because I see them as their gender. I see them as they are. I mean, it's, um, um, Brody mentioned our friend, Julia Scotty, who's a very well known comedian. And, um, I don't see Julia as anybody, but a, a comedian, a woman, uh, you know, uh, you know, who, who's, who's hilarious. It's, um, you know, I, so yes, I think that, getting to that place is, is definitely desirable. Um, all right, you've been and I, an absolute – go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say that I do think that it will happen, and I cannot be more happy about that because besides the United States, there are still so many countries where this whole topic is forbidden, and a lot of people live in struggle because they just don't have even the right to say that they want to mm. be who they feel they are, who they actually are, so 
you know, we all know that the world is learning from the United States, and I just so much hope that other countries will be able to learn and will be able to, you know, change something in, inside their structure to make just the world to be a better place. Yeah, that's, and that's a really important point because we get, I mean, we get caught in it over here, you know, because we're still fighting it on a lot of fronts here. But it is important to remember that the front we're fighting on is, is high above the front that is being fought elsewhere where it can't even be discussed. Um, um, Ari, you've been, you've been an absolute joy. Love to have you back anytime. Can't wait to see everything you're ever going to do. Um, what have we not asked you that we should have? Um, I do believe that you asked me so many interesting questions, and thank you so, so much for having me today. It was a pleasure and a big joy to talk to you today and share a little bit about Juliet. Thank you so, so much, and I would love to come back. Excellent. Well, I, I can't wait to see what moves forward for Juliet. It has to get big visibility. It has to be seen. It has to be experienced. Um, it is, it is an absolute thrill. Um, and I, I, and I, and it, it is also. I know it, it is your second film. And if this is your second film that you've ever made, um, um, you, you have such greatness at your fingertips. And I, I truly, truly cannot wait to see what um, what comes next. Um, and I'm a fan. So there you go. There, you. There's my fan Thank you so much. For, for the day. <laughs> and um, that is it for our time today, folks. I want to thank Brody for his work um, uh, in both production and um, co-hosting the show and his normal role as a, a crack journalist uh, for our world. Um, Ira, thank you for your work. Um, Stellar, thank you for being with us today, your insights. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, we will be back here again next week with an incredibly exciting show, which I have no idea what it will be, but I just know that it will be good. And um, we really treasure our time with you. And with that, I'm going to sign us out. Thanks so much for listening and subscribe to future Productions. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio.